Welcome to AdvisorTech Unplugged, the monthly podcast brought to you by MoneyInfo, the client portal and mobile app supplier for financial advisors and wealth managers. This podcast is designed to help address the challenges of the 21st century advisor. Each month, we invite a special guest to talk to us about current topics affecting their area of expertise in the advisor tech space. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or general feedback, get in touch with us by email at support at moneyinfo.com or tweet us at moneyinfotech. Hello, everybody. My name is Oliver Jenkins. I'm head of marketing here at MoneyInfo, and today I'm joined on the next episode of the Advisor Tech and Plug podcast by our guest, Anthony Villis, Managing Director and Chartered Financial Planner at First Wealth. First Wealth are an award-winning certified B Corp, a business for good that balances profit with the environment, their clients, their community, how they run the business and the needs of their team. The company was founded in the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis on the premise that there had to be a better way of doing things. First Wealth mission is to create a fun and joyous financial planning business for the benefit of the clients and the wider team. They respect their community, care about the environment, embrace diversity and make a positive impact. Now, before I steal too much of the limelight today, Anthony, tell us a little bit more about First Wealth and what a B Corp is. Yeah, hi, Oli. It's good to be invited to be here today. So thank you. Um, Yeah, so First Wealth is a B Corp from 2020, a couple of years ago. it's really about sort of putting the business rather than just making money. It's about how it impacts the wider sort of community in the world we live in. So you go through a process that looks at sort of five aspects of the business. Um, the first one is how you treat your clients. Um, second one is around how you look after your team. Then the other one is around uh, your impact in the environment and then your impact on the community that you deal with and then the way that you govern yourself as well. So it's probably just a wider look at the business, what we're up to, what our mission is. Um, and then subject to the review of that, we were lucky enough to get the B Corp, yes, August 2020. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, you know, big congratulations, because as, uh, as as most people may or may not be aware, it's a big undertaking. And I think it's only one in three firms that actually get the accreditation that start out on that journey. Yeah, it took um, it took quite a while. It probably took us about eighteen months from the initial let's get the uh, the sort of the uh, application in to then being signed off. So people sometimes say, "What was the hardest part of the journey?" And I think it was just keeping people together on that trip because it was right during the sort of the pandemic, and it was kind of let's keep focused on it. So yeah, the team Kerry and Caroline at the time did a great job of helping us get through it. Fantastic. So, Anthony, if you tell us a little bit about uh, what attracted you to work towards B Corp, B Corp accreditation, what were those kind of driving factors in the business and what really attracted you to to working, you know, putting that purpose before profit in the business? Um, I think we were sort of doing quite a lot of it anyway. So it didn't feel like a massively foreign concept. It was like, well, when we looked at it, yeah, the, the team were, you know, we look after the team well. We, I think we do a good job for the clients. Um I think we were starting to think about how we are impacting the community. So it was kind of there or thereabouts. But really, for me, it seemed like a sort of great roadmap to say, this is a better way of reviewing the business. Um, can we make an impact? I mean, First World's mission statement really is to have a positive impact on the financial planning profession. So um, we, when we started off, we wanted to become a chartered financial planning firm. So we did that. Then we became a B Corp um, and we won chartered financial planning firm of the year last year, which was great. So it was kind of, all of those things to say, how are we going to make an impact? We can influence the way that we talk to our clients. We can hopefully attract great teams, uh, members to the t- to, to the First Wealth team. But we want other businesses to look at what we're doing and go, actually, 
first world themes like they're doing a lot of good stuff so maybe that could be a bit of a role model for other firms um in in, in our space so it was kind of a combination of those those various factors really yeah okay great that's re- that's really interesting thank you um so my next question is as i understand it one of the big um one of the really important sort of drivers for or, or kind of actions that come out of the B Corp accreditation is finding a true purpose and and yes. um, developing that purpose as an organization yeah. and believing in that as a, as a team um how did you find your purpose and what is it can you tell us a little bit more about that yeah, I mean, um, the main purpose is to say to have a, a positive impact on the financial planning profession, to leave it in a way that's better than when we started it, really. Um, the financial services has got a load of problems, right? It has a load of baggage, right? So we know there's a load of problems with mis-selling, um, remuneration, scandals of being people are being ripped off, massive lacking of diversity and inclusion. So we come from a a background that hasn't covered itself in glory let's put it let's put it let's put it mildly so i think rob and i you know and kerry and claire on the board is like well we have an opportunity to grow first wealth into a chartered business like we've said we hopefully give great advice to clients and great service um but i just always think there's like an ability and an opportunity to do something a bit more and i think that's where we got to probably before the pandemic it's like what else can first wealth be a conduit to, to achieve really so how do we go about creating positivity around the financial planning profession so it felt like the natural way to to, to do that so that was a mission statement positive impact um but really then it's coming down to the various things like how do we measure the work that we do with clients how do we make sure that the team is looked after in the best possible way how do we go about thinking about our environmental impact? How do we measure it? How do we reduce it? How do we assess it? And then the bit about community, um, you know, we were doing some bits and pieces. We had an initiative that was called Let's Talk About Money that was just getting going, which is rebranded recently to Thrive Money. So it's a, a financial education um, platform, essentially, that helps people to make good decisions around money, designed to the next generation of clients. So maybe the next generation of the clients that haven't been particularly served well um, by the financial planning profession, maybe the people who are in the advice gap that exists where they need help, they want to find good information, but traditional advice has been expensive to afford. So we want to continue building First Wealth, which is very much a high, high net worth business, but we also feel like there's a big opportunity to bring some credibility to the discussion around what people should be doing and not doing their money, particularly, as you know, as well as anyone else, some of the stuff that's on Instagram is marginal at best and terrifying at worst. Yep. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, I, I get that. And um, it's, a, it's a great mission, you know, great purpose that you got there and a great mission to be on. Um, so you talked about improving environmental um, environmental sort of statistics and, and 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 deliver on those kind of net zero targets and things like that for the business. Can you give us some kind of tangible outcomes of the B Corp accreditation that that that, you, that, that it's kind of helped you to or things that it's kind of helped you to um, execute within the business? You also mentioned making it a better place for your staff to work. Can you give us some examples of how that's manifested yeah. itself? Yeah, so, I mean, let's go with the environmental first. I mean, that was the bit that we were pretty, I'm going to use the word clueless on when we when we started the B Corp um, process. So you know, a lot of questions around, you know, do you measure your carbon emissions? Do you measure your sort of um, energy use? And we, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't look at any of that stuff. So the first... The first process really is like, well, let's let's do an assessment of what our impact is, you know. So how much energy were you using? You know, just just not just in terms of gas, um, electricity, 
water, commuting for the team into the office, uh, all of those things that sort of make up your carbon footprint, basically. So the first bit was to get our heads around how you measure that and what that number is. Um, and then there are different measurements. I mean, the, the, the two measurements that are easy, the scope one and scope two, which is direct uh, emissions, and then the sort of wider emissions around you know, your team, et cetera, et cetera. So we managed to estimate, and it always is an estimate, scope one and scope two. We then look to reduce it. So we've done various things like sort of flexible working arrangements to reduce the amount of travel into the office, which is a big deal, moved everything to recycle 100% renewable energy. So we're trying to reduce the impact. And then what we do is then we offset scope one and two uh, through a you know a tree planting project. Actually, Nicaragua is an uh, accredited project. Um, I think we've planted about three and a half thousand trees wow. yeah. um, since we've been going so it's a, it's it's been good in, in that in that two years so they are sort of good examples of what we've, what we've done you know we do all the the basics like you know recycle and where where we can um the biggest challenge we have as a financial planner or as a wealth manager is around scope three emissions which is basically the companies that you work with and potentially invest in so we will invest in funds that invest in their thousands of underlying companies and uh, trying to get that data around what their impact of those funds is and those companies is patchy at best and i think it's a big challenge that the sort of wealth management profession needs to solve over the next sort of few years really so scope one and two is relatively straightforward scope three is a bit of a headache and i think a lot of companies are grappling with that to work out uh, how they how they do that um so that's an environmental perspective from the team's perspective we sort of we had sort of flexible arrangements for work, which then COVID um, made <laughs> almost compulsory for a period of time. So everyone was working from home. Um, most of the team liked it. You know, it was the right thing. A lot of the team got family. So we've sort of said, right, what, you know, it, how does that work going forward? So we've we've sort of said complete flexibility of working arrangements going going forward. So people can come into the office when they want to. People can work from home. So people can run their lives around their their work, which was a, a something that the team was asking asking for. So we do that. Um, we increase holiday allowances up to thirty days after five years. Um, we have mixed payment, uh, sort of two months off for maternity and paternity leave now as well. We have a, a, a month off paid sabbatical after five years. We have a company called Hika, who we contribute to for the team where they get uh, health benefits. So they can either have, um, you know, it could be a coaching session or it could be a gym membership or it could be their fresh food delivered to their house to sort of keep them going. So that sort of stuff. Uh, we pay all their pension contributions. So it's a non-contributory, all the other benefits. We've aligned our company pension scheme so that the client, the team can access the same funds that our clients access. So we feel like we have 100% alignment. So we're constantly looking to do stuff. We pay for all the team's exams. We pay for study days for them. So we sort of leaned in to say, as a small business, what is the absolute max we can try to do for the team to reward them for all the hard work and their loyalty for, for working uh, towards the, our mission? So we, yeah, we've sort of, we went full steam ahead uh, yeah. during during the lockdown and um, hopefully it's worked. Hopefully we created a, a positive uh, environment for the team where they yeah. can balance work with, with their wider lives. Yeah, well, it sounds like you jumped in with both feet. And, um, you know, it's great to hear of a real life example where, you know, this stuff is working and you're actually, you know, delivering on it. And, uh, you know, obviously your staff are getting the, the benefit of that and hopefully um, more long term, the business as well. Yes, um, yes. Talking about the people in the business, then uh, here's, here's a bit of a curveball for you. What um, 
how did you get buy-in from everybody in the business or did you manage to? So when you kind of like first kicked off the project, you said that you had some of these, you know, that the, the purpose has been there in the business sort of longer term. Is this this wasn't the driver for creating that. But in terms of getting buy-in from everybody to kind of jump in with both feet, did you manage to get buy-in from everybody, you know, the, the whole of the board, you know, all of your staff and employees and suppliers from day one or is that something that you've had to work on? The the board is actually easy because there's only four of us and um, I think we're all very much on the same page that, you know, Claire and Kerry and Rob and myself all all want to make a difference to, to you know, and leave the profession in a better place. So, I mean, Claire and Kerry are very much around education, um, diversity and inclusion with their sort of gender uh, or wider inclusion. Um, Rob is very much about financial education and helping people, the next generation of, of clients um, coming through to say that, financial planning shouldn't just be for the mega wealthy it should be for everyone really so the board was pretty easy actually here's kind of this is what we want to do um and we we went we went for it um the team i think with any team you sort of have some who are super keen to hear the initiatives and go right i get that um Others are more, not negative, but maybe more like, well, what's the point? How's that going to help us to grow? So then it's trying to create that picture of going, this is an opportunity to, for us not just to do something worthwhile, but actually to grow our business as well. You know, this is how we are going to attract the next generation of clients. This is how we're going to how to attract the best people into our business to grow the business as well. So I guess it's, Kerry always talks to me about, you know, taking people on the journey. So telling the story, what are we doing? But more importantly, why are we doing these things? What are the benefits to our clients? And what are the benefits to the team as well? So I think we have pretty much uh, complete buy-in across the, the, the team now. Um, people can see what they're, you know, see what we're up to. And a lot of the team will be involved in the day-to-day -day stuff we're doing. So we have a B Corp committee, four or five of the team we meet every month to talk about the sort of strategies and the goals that we have. Um, we also have three or four of the team working on the Thrive Money as well. So it's kind of, I'd say across the team, probably at least half of those people, maybe 10, 12, are directly involved in some of the projects we're doing from a, a B Corp perspective. We we also we also set up a shadow board, which is four of the team, um, four of the sort of maybe more junior members of the team who meet and then gather feedback from everyone to say, these are things that we think we're doing well. These are some of the things that we think we could be doing better. These are some of the things that maybe we're unhappy with that you've made decisions on. And then they will feed back to us every month in our sort of board meeting as well. So I always try to make the point, everyone has a voice. Um, Rob and I and Claire and Kerry, we don't have all the best ideas. Um, sometimes the team that are doing the job day to day will be better at coming up with ideas and sort of making suggestions. So all we need to do is make sure that we have a, we have an ear that will listen to people. And more importantly, when people give us ideas that we actually act on them rather than this idea of, you know, it's this sort of vacuum, it goes into a hole and then nothing ever gets done about it, which is a sure way to upset your, your team. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It sounds like you've got all those feedback loops in place and, uh, and you're doing a great job. Um, so thanks for that insight there, uh, Anthony. Um, you, took, you, you mentioned earlier, you touched briefly on building supply relationships as well and supply relations. How has becoming B Corp accredited kind of changed your, um, I suppose, your supply chain in terms of, I, I think B Corps like to do business with other B Corps and they like to kind of, it, it, it makes you think about who you're buying from and, and, and where you, you know, your suppliers, your, your suppliers are kind of where they're doing business. You talked about scope one and scope two emissions, but yeah. I suppose the scope yeah. two, there's other factors other than just emissions that when you look at those scopes and those kind of circles of influence and how yeah. has the B Corp 
um, movement changed your approach to to supply chain? So it's a really good question. Um, we we weren't a firm that says we're only going to work with B Corps going forward. So that was um, that was the first thing to say. We've got we've got a lot of good relationships that have been built up, uh, you know, over time. You know, people like the bank, people like our accountants who um, we like, we trust. Um, they're not B Corp, but we're not going to we're not going to upset that relationship because we feel like they they add a lot of value to to, to what we're doing. Um, however, when you know when we are looking at new companies to work with so if we're going out to say right we're going to work with printers or it or you know it could be client gifts or i don't know corporate events or marketing or whatever those things are then we will look at the, the b corp um list of companies in the uk that can provide those services and say right is there anyone here that we should be talking to so we know definitely not an exclusive um but it it definitely helps the conversation i sort of joke that you know, a lot of firms that if they got an email from a financial advisor, they run a mile. What are these people trying to sell us? But we can approach different companies now. I say, look, we're a B Corp. This is what we're doing uh, in the B Corp space. You're a B Corp. Let's have a chat. So I think it, what it does, it allows us to build our community outside of the financial planning space and maybe maybe not be quite so frightening. So people actually are more open to a conversation with us when they can see the some of the positive stuff we're doing. So that's been a nice um, a nice benefit of 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 getting the certification. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to flip it around a little bit now. We talked about a lot of the positives of becoming B Corp accredited and some of the positives for, for First Wealth. In terms of costs to the business, and I'm not talking about financial costs here, but have there been any kind of wider costs or implications to the business that somebody undertaking the same journey might be, um, you know, it'd be good to make them aware of longer term things like that you may have been unforeseen when you when you set out on your journey? The big one is time. I think time and resource is the, the, what, the one. Um... I think anyone that need anyone that wants to do it needs to understand it's going to take a lot of hours to do this. Um, and I guess my view is if you're going to do it, there's no, I don't see it as a box ticking exercise. I, th- I, I it, it's too difficult to do for that. You know, there are certain accreditations and badges that you can, you know, do something very simple, pay a little fee, and then you're you get it. A B Corp, I don't think is like that because you if you're going to go for an 18 month, to, I think the process now is two years because there's so many companies trying to, to go through it. If you're going to invest probably tens, if not hundreds of hours potentially on the project, um, not just initially, but ongoing, it, it, it needs to be something that's front and center of your business. So don't underestimate the time that it takes to apply, to then go back, to change things, to put systems in place. But also ongoing, you know, is have you got the resources? Have you got the desire to sit every month and say, right, these are the things we've done this year. This is what we're going to do next year. This is we are our three-year sign-off. And it's just a constant e- evolution of the business to constantly make it make it better and improve it, which, you know, is it, a balance, right? Because we all have a day job, which is our day job is to grow First Wealth and look after our clients. But we also want to make sure that we are putting enough resources into, into that. We are... Yeah, we're still a small business. There's sort of 20, 22 people in our business. Um, so at times it is stretched. You know, I won't, I won't, um, you know, I won't, I won't lie about that. It's times where you think we are flat out with our client work and we are flat out doing extra things. And again, sometimes Kerry will say to me, do you think we're trying to do too many things, Anthony? And the answer probably is yes. Um, but we are that firm. We're going to do it. We're going to try our best to, to make an influence, whether it stretches us or not. Um, and then it's just trying to keep everyone on the on the journey and making sure that 
you know there are resources when we when we need them but yeah it's it's, it's balancing and, and time is the is definitely the big one that's great thank you um what's the single biggest achievement or goal that b corp is helping first wealth to realize um i think the um i think the sort of the thrive money and the digital platform that we've built um to go with it so thrive money the initial bit, Thrive Money HQ on Instagram, if anyone wants to have a look at it, that's our sort of free personal uh, personal finance tips. But we've also built a video course that's going to go live in January, um, which will be uh, hosted on a software called Kajabi, where people can pay a subscription. There are videos then around all the basics. So it's going to be financial foundation. So it's the education that maybe people missed out from school or college. This is what you need to know about getting yourself together from a financial perspective, the real basics. Um, we've also built a digital platform called Open Advice, which Thrive Money will use for clients almost to do their homework. So it'll be, right, you wanna get clarity on your goals. We've built a tool to help with that. You wanna see where your money is going each month. We've got an open banking integration to see that as well. You wanna understand your how you think about money, some of your cognitive biases. Then we've built risk profilers and sort of financial personality tests as well. So those two projects go hand in hand. Um, I think they're the things that we're most proud of. Albeit, like I said earlier on, we're we're trying to get this course off and off the ground in January. So not sure how it's going to go down. We think it's going to be well received. We hope it's going to be well received. And it's the same with the tech we're we're building as well. You know, you guys know better than I do that you're never quite sure what you're doing, how it's going to pay off. You feel like it's the right thing to be doing. Um, but time will tell um, whether they, they succeed. But in terms of from starting from scratch to where we are, well, I feel you know, super proud of what we've, what we've done as a team. Well, we, we like to say don't let um, perfect get in the way of progress. Um, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a great uh, mantra. A good mantra. Yeah. You know, we've got to kind of push, push the industry forward and push the technology. Yeah, you know, 100%. And, uh, you know, just do great things and, and, and see what we can do to, to improve that experience. Um, Okay, so we're coming towards the end of the the episode now, Anthony. Um, I think one of the big um, burning questions on some of our listeners' lips is going to be if you could offer them, you know, a couple of pieces of, uh, pieces of advice um, before they they start on their journey. And you've talked about obviously the time implications and kind of resource implications. Um, can we just kind of cover that one again? And, and if you had to give them a couple of pieces of advice on their journey to becoming a B Corp what would it be or perhaps perhaps before they consider whether or not b corp is right for them that might be a nice way to spin it yeah what... i mean i guess it's kind of i mean the first bit is just to really ask yourself really am i interested in making a wider impact rather than just running my business you know and and a lot of people aren't and that's not a problem you know i, I get that it's kind of you know if you're coming up to sell a business in the next three to five years you are looking at getting that business in the best shape to for a sale um would B Corp help you? It might do, but it might also be a massive distraction for you. So the first thing is to say, well, is this something that really is is realistic with the resources or could the resources be better used somewhere else? You know, so, you know, I'm not saying everyone should be a B Corp because a lot of firms, they don't need to be and, and they've got no desire to be. So which is which is absolutely cool. Um, so the first thing is, is it right or wrong, that one? Um, but then it's about the mission. It's kind of like, right, what are we trying to achieve here? What are the things that what are the things that as an owner and as the board and as a team that we feel that we can influence and do something worthwhile here and make an impact? Um, because you can't, you're not going to do it unless you believe in it. it. It's, I just think it's not something that 
you get out of bed and go, I'm just, you know, you, you either you buy into the vision, the mission, because it's something you genuinely have an urge to do other than I will just badge this as our mission statement and no one really gets behind it. So I think you have to be yes or no. And if the answer is yes, you have to have something that you, you're all willing to stand up for and go, this is where the energy is, but where you're, you know, where the moments where you feel like you're going to drown yourself mad with the amount of work you've got on or the projects and all the different things. Are we trying to do much? You just need to come back and go, is this moving to us towards the, the mission statement? And if the answer is yes, then, then, then keep doing it. But, you know, it's, um, I say it's not for everyone, but I think it's personally, I think it's been massively great for, for First Wealth. I'm super, super pleased we did it. Yeah, well, that's brilliant, and it's it's great to hear. And um, it sounds like you've you've built a really great place to work. The purpose is 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 absolutely bang on, and um, you know, you all obviously believe in 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 what you're doing and the vision for the future of the company. Um, Anthony, my final question for you is, and one that I think all of our listeners are going to be very uh, excited for me to ask is, have you got any vacancies at the moment? Um, we have always got vacancies for good people. So if the answer to the question is, if you're looking and you feel like you can add value to what we're doing, please get in touch with me. We'll be delighted to hear from you. Great stuff. And have you got any of the social channels that you want to plug at this point? I know you mentioned your um, your Instagram account earlier, but have you got any uh, LinkedIn or Twitter feeds? Yeah, I mean, use? yeah, Anthony Villis on LinkedIn. I mean, that's the main social channel. I don't use Twitter and I don't use Facebook. Um, and then just the first wealth account. But really, I try to use my own personal LinkedIn profile to sort of shine a light on the, the the things that first wealth are doing. So that's probably the best place. Tag me, say hello on uh, on LinkedIn, and uh, see 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 where we go from there. Great stuff, well, Anthony. Thank you for taking some time to chat to us today on Advisor Tech Unplugged. And uh, thanks again. Thank you, Ollie. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. The Advisor Tech Unplugged podcast was brought to you by the team at MoneyInfo. For more information, please visit www.moneyinfo.com. Book a discovery call with us to learn how we can help you to deliver a better client experience with your own branded client portal and apps from Apple and Android.